just one of those things where I look back at it now and go, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> oh like, like, I literally go, where my murder is at? And two guys in the front row raise their hands. And yeah. we had a security yeah. meeting, Drew. We yeah. had, I, I met with the with yeah. the guards and my it's crew. It's not where my mommy's at. It's where my murder is at. You get it, Doug? <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. After Dark. Num number here, 818-253-1693. The, uh, the uh, email is drafterdark at gmail.com. The great Jeff Ross joins me. Just laughing at Nadab's. <laughs> And the Dobbs uh, countdown, which he does in Hebrew every day. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. Do it again for the for the kids at home. Ready? Uh, that's it. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas, no less. That's I right. I wonder how many people are speaking Yiddish in Austin today. <laughs> he just took offense at me saying Yiddish. Hebrew, right? Hebrew, I beg your pardon. Very good, Drew. Yes, Very thank good. you. Hebrew. So. Hi. Uh, Hey man, thank you for doing this. My pleasure. And, and I was I was thinking through our relationship as this was coming on, and mm -hmm. two two things jumped out. One was the last time I saw you was in New York City, mm -hmm. and you asked who wants to come up on stage to get their ass kicked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I went. I went. All right, I'll do it. And, ass kicked. And you That's went, not what I do. <laughs> and you went. Are you sure? You were like, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I want to help out. Right. And, I uh, asked for speed roast volunteers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you got off pretty easy. It wasn't you, too vicious. It was very nice. You I were, saved you for the end, like out of respect. No, everything about it was couldn't have been better. I loved do it. Do you remember what I said? No. <laughs> <laughs> Something about my sweater, I think. Something like that. That no. sounds right. <laughs> but uh, but I remember the that I you were kind, and you actually gave me a chance to say something back, mm. which I was like, well, that's nice. But I didn't have much to say, of course. So not being a, a professional. You're always comedian. been a good sport, Drew. Well, thank you. And it was it actually was really fun. And then the other then I started to think, well, when Jeff and I get to be friends, Jesus Christ, it's been a long time, but I think I can pick the moment. Oh. Because um, I knew you before I felt close to you, and I felt close to you, and you have your USO shirt on today, and th mm. that's why I like that shirt, because it reminded me of the first time I really hung out with you. We were at a party at Kimmel's Beach House mm -hmm. in Hermosa or something mm -hmm. years ago, a mm -hmm. long time ago, and you had just gotten back from Iraq, Afghanistan, could have been either. It was your first trip. Oh. It was your first one. Iraq. Iraq. And you were just, I don't have a strong enough word to describe, you know, how taken you were with the whole experience. Mm. And we talked about it for like a couple of hours. I wow, think, that yeah. Night. And I was like, oh my gosh, uh, just got a lot going on. It changed me. Yeah, and a... I didn't know you really before that, it, it really. I mean, we were friendly, whatever. I didn't know me before yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like it was a huge... Like you said, I don't know what the word is. I I I, I became a a a a, a, a productive member of society, <laughs> a, a patriot, a, a, a tax-paying, uh, all-American person in that moment. Yeah, you you it, it was like a level. Of, I'm going to use a word. None of these words fit, but appreciation uh, for what was going on over there that you just had not had, and it was it got you. It went from top of your head to your toes. It yeah. felt like. 
And you were describing being on the helicopter. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the description I kept. What remembering. a great memory! Well, because it it affected me. You affected me with how you were feeling, and uh, and you even I think if I remember, you started crying a little bit at some point. We were talking about it, and I was just it changed me. So it didn't just give me an appreciation for the men and women of the armed forces who protect everything that we hold sacred. It also gave me a further perspective on my own career as a comedian. Mm. Cause I went over there with six other comics. True Carey led this, uh, battalion of comic and he's a Marine. Drew Carey's a Marine. He's a Marine. And I didn't know that. When, how long ago? He was a young man. He wow. joined the Marines. And, so he knew and what this was. He warned me ahead of time that anything can happen and everything happened. Uh, the early days of the U.S. effort in Iraq, they called it an occupation, where uh, we went in there looking for weapons of mass destruction. And this was a time in my life where I just didn't care about anything except my own life and career. Mm. You know, this is 20 years ago. Um and I was just always, I didn't understand what the military was. I got it confused with the government. To me, it was all one big mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. until I actually met this. And, and I had my Uncle Murray was a World War II uh, hero, and my, my Uncle Albie uh, served. So I, I, my understanding of the military was World War II, the greatest generation. Um, it was almost like legend. But but you and I kind of grew up in the shadow of Vietnam. Right. We sort of fucked all that up. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't understand the modern day military, that they were much more sophisticated than I'd seen in movies. I'd always seen these yaya, kill a commie for mommy movies. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't relate to that. I didn't understand that. I was intimidated. Like, they're not going to like me. They're not going to understand my jokes. Then I get over there. It's moms, it's dads, it's engineers, it's truck drivers. Yeah. They just all happen to be wearing the same outfit. Yeah. Harder to roast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing the same outfit. But a best audience ever. They they weren't worried about the normal thing. Like, they're, they're there. some of them are there uh, by decree. They were ordered to be at a show uh, because it's a, it can be a very... A depressing situation to be away from home in a war zone obviously yeah. so uh I, I i started slinging jokes and and getting to know the stories and when you're not a journalist when you're a, an outsider but you're you know i came in as a comedian asking questions not looking to get a scoop mm-hmm. and people opened up to me and and i to them and my friend blake clark who was a vietnam vet was on was in Viet, was in a helicopter crash in Vietnam. So now here I am on a Black Hawk, going through to Crete, Bakwaba, Fallujah, Baghdad, the Green Zone with this guy who's basically survived a helicopter crash before, and 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 to see how it was affecting him and how he wasn't welcomed home as a Vietnam vet, but here he is. And, as and a, didn't you have, you had at least one emergency on one of those flights. <laughs> we, we, had, All right. we had, uh, we, we had a couple of weird things in, in the helicopters, Yeah, but the one that really shook me up was, you know, we would leave the green zone, the Al Rashid hotel, uh, like five in the morning under the cover of darkness in the Blackhawks so that we were safer. And the insurgency was just starting up. Saddam was still alive. Mm. He was in hiding. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing had a lot of mystery and mystique about it and terror. And back then you could still ride around with the Black Hawk 
doors open and I was shooting video out out the window and you see Saddam's palaces and and, and the just the, the desert and the mosques and the monuments and it's all very eye-opening but we came back late at night after doing a few shows around the country um, we come back to the Al Rashid Hotel late at night and they tell us that's when they tell us that it was mortared while we were gone. That Oof. there was that there was attacked wow. while we were gone. The hotel and they show us the top floors. It's all burned out. And I go, oh my god, that's crazy. They go, yeah, it happened ten minutes after you left. So we were obviously a target. Mm. Someone knew that the Drew Carey and these this band of comedians was in there. And I go, wow, that's really scary. Well, where are we going to sleep tonight? And they go, oh, no, it's still the safest place to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't enough Ambien in my bag to get me through that night. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is where we're... they go. Yeah, it's for it's the most fortified place. And um, you're going to sleep and the show must go on. Wow. And that's what we did. Uh, and, you know, one thing was that you get a joke drew it's just like a diagnosis it was like doing it was like vaccine for the soul mm. you make someone laugh in that situation you get a joke to penetrate a kevlar vest or a helmet yeah you really feel like you've done something yeah. as a comic so it's when i truly figured out the job definition of what i do mm. it was a lot you're right i was affected and i still am look i'm still wearing my i still do well, these shows back like Eight more times? I've gone back times? a bunch. I've how, gone how many times? I've gone to Iraq a couple times. I've been to Guantanamo. I've been to Kosovo. I, I, I've been to uh, New Orleans and Gulfport during the Katrina stuff. I went over there with Wayne Newton, who does a lot of those types of shows. Uh, I've been to probably twenty countries. I've probably done a hundred shows 100 around the shows. world, wow. at least. Wow. Not to mention hospital visits, and yeah. it's not a way. Uh, I'm not showing off. I mean, uh, my point is that this became something that I, I couldn't stop doing. Mm. I just was I got waiting for those calls because, you know, show business. It's all about me, 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 me. Mm. How much am I making? What can I eat? Can I have a steak yeah. before I go on? <laughs> yes. Can I? You know, how nice is the hotel? Is there going to be a limo? And then suddenly you're thrown into a fucking war zone, and you're on military time. And you know, it it, it was it was very grounding yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I did a thing that's going to come up pretty soon with the military for a reality type thing, and uh, I I have a similar feeling. I can't really talk about it yet, but mm. it was you, you realize what these people do. And it, it it's not what you, you said it, you said, no, it's not what you think, but it's on a level you've never conceived of. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've not, yeah. you've not gone there. That's where they got to go all the time. What uh, one joke I remember saying was that the Marines, they love Drew Carey because they love blondes with big tits. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I left Iraq. This is an interesting I left Iraq without a scratch after all that. I had, I had what they called Saddam's Revenge. I was in the... Uh, diarrhea? In the uh, <laughs> dehydration and diarrhea at the same time. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, oh, um, I managed to get out, you know, without any major problems. They dropped me off on uh, Bainbridge Island in Washington at my sister's house for Christmas. Mm. You know, these military jets. All right, we're stopping here. And, we'll stop. <laughs> and I, I, 
I, I go ice skating that night with my nephews and I broke my femur. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. It's really hard. Femur is the biggest bone in the body. It's impossible to break. Do you break it down here or do you break it up? Right in you here. You your hip. Oh, right here. No. Christmas Eve. You know, so. Oh, you fell right on the thing, right? It was ice. one of those classic oh. moments. I'm, I'm skating, skating. Do you have a metal in there now? Three pins. Yeah. Three pins. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There, you can now. He's not the. Mm, just, just look at hip fracture, hip fracture, trochanteric fracture, that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. And you'll see. It looks. I mean, it wasn't quite the break he got, but it's that's the idea. Nope. There he is. There's Jeff right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so. That's sort of the the one. That one is the when they hip they replace the hip and they right. put a pin through. You you had one probably further down a little bit. Right in here. Yeah. It's right a little there. scar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know the irony is it was a Navy surgeon who came to the rescue oh, on wow. Christmas Eve. Wow. So the military there saving me. Nice. Uh, on a night where and it was just one classic moment. You know, I hadn't skated in 20 years. Take your nephew skating, free ice skating. And I'm getting full speed. It's the last lap of the day. Oh, no. And, you know. Were you lightheaded or anything from the diarrhea and all that? Uh, I was, was probably okay by then because yeah. I'd, you know, I'd flown, had another day or two in Iraq and then flown back. And, and a little girl fell in front of me. Oh. And, or as I remember saying through my, through my hazy, um, you know, drug and you know, coming off the anesthesia. I remember uh, uh, Sarah Silverman and Jimmy Kimmel called me on a three-way at the hospital, and they said, "What happened?" And I said, oh, "I was skating, ice skating, <laughs> and a little five-year-old cunt fell in front of me." <laughs> and I, and they always think that's the funniest thing because I was so bad, and, and, and you know, I could either keep skating and decapitate her, right, or no. throw my legs up and as yeah. a hero and fly through the air and land on my left leg, and ouch. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent five, six weeks in my sister's guest room, uh, and then finally was able and to hobble was like out of there. Two thousand something like I that. I think this would have been two thousand three. Three, yeah, because two thousand one yeah. was nine. That was Afghanistan, yeah, yeah. and then by the time we were in Iraq, it was oh three. Yeah, I think we went in in oh two, and be, or, or in that summer, and I was there in August or September. Mm. So you know, one hundred and twenty degrees in the war zone. Let leave completely fine drop me off in washington state <laughs> major structural injury Good to my pressure. body fantastic <laughs> well jeff we're going to do a little your mom's house action here oh fun. okay this this is um i i prepared a special show for you where we're going to review some of the classics that you may not have ever been exposed to I can't, i've been threatening to do this forever and Nadav finally re released the the hounds mm -hmm. gave me the permission to do this with your your now that you're here with us today oh great yeah um, before we do that, I want to do a couple of voice messages. People call me all kinds of sort of love line esque kinds of questions, mm -hmm. and I'll give you a crack at each one first. So oh, pay fun. attention, oh, and fun. we'll see what they they're, they're a little more medical these days than they used to be relationship type. But right. we'll see. Let's uh, see what you got. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hey, Dr. Drew, this is Lucian. Um, calling from the Netherlands. I'm originally American from New Jersey, but I live in the Netherlands. Anyway, my question was, why is it that when we're drunk or tipsy, we tend to hiccup? Mm. I'm slightly tipsy right now because I just came home from work. I work as a bartender. I was going to say. And I've noticed that I'm slightly hiccuping. Yeah. Why is that? Okay. And I kind of hope for a yeah, logic answer. Got it. I hope to see you soon or Jeff. hear from you soon. Thank if you, sir. Not, <laughs> if I can't, it's because I got a DUI, baby. Okay, there we go. So what do we think? Hiccups from alcohol. <laughs> this is... I mean, on the on, on the list of crucial medical yes, emergencies. This is this is, this is they're, they're throwing us softballs. To be fair, we'll get right to the classic question enough. But uh, what do you think? It's got to be something with uh, your breathing, right? I mean, no, it, it's actually a little different. That um, and by the way, how do you know this? By the way, it's uh, not. This is not. They teach it. Where in medical school does hiccuping come it, in? It, well, be, because you'll see patients with hiccups that are persistent. And they want help with it. Oh. And you have a few things you kind of go through to try to, and it's one of the most common, one of the more common causes is gastritis and esophagitis. Mm. And somehow that actually gets the diaphragm and irritates it. I don't know how. But uh, the, if you treat, the, the alcohol is an irritant to the, to the stomach and the esophagus, mm. and that can start triggering hiccups. Mm. That's what it is. So we put them on Pepsid and give them a Mylanta or something, Gaviscon, and hiccups get better. Do, do people who suffer from that get offended when they when people use the word hiccup derogatory? You know, like, how was your flight? Oh, we had a couple hiccups getting <laughs> no, to the airport, no. but you know, because like, <laughs> the people that when hiccups when they get going, people fucking hate them. Yeah, so there you can use the hiccup as pejoratively as possible because it causes pain after after a while. It really gets painful. Really, their the abdomen's hurting, their diaphragm's hurting, hmm. and I've I have treated people with intractable hiccups. What is that? It's. <laughs> <laughs> For weeks, Oof. and uh, they we used to use Thorazine to break that up of all things. I don't know why it did it, but it did it. So exhausting, you yeah. Think. It was just terrible. It's awful for them. All right, mm. give me another voicemail. Hey, <laughs> Doctor Drew. Um, so every time I'm sick, I I kind of like sweat it out. You know, like I'll, I'll put covers on and and just try to really sweat it out. But I also um, I I jerk off and <laughs> I kind of I blow a load, and I I think that kind of helps. Get over the sickness. Am I wrong? Does that not work that way? Am I just being a an R word? What do you think, Jeff? Uh, get a little I, semen off your off your chest. <laughs> does hiccups you, make you come? Did you see that's a Marcus Welby back in the day? Robert Young standing there going, "Well, son, if you jack off more, this uh, is." A the weirdest, the weirdest two opening yeah, medical yeah. emergencies I've ever heard. Yeah, they're kind of weird. But <laughs> ma males, it's males, you notice. As young males, we were, we think about all kinds of shit, mostly worrying, are we normal? That mm. it's from like eighteen to twenty-seven. That's about all we think about. Are we normal? Am I normal? Are really? Normal? Is this normal? Is that normal? And and stuff. Now they have somewhere to go with me. So this thought would have passed. You know what I mean? In, right. in a world where you didn't have an internet and didn't have. Somebody to send a voice message to, hmm. but this today they actually get an answer. So wow! So what? So this actually drives me a little crazy, because because my wife does this all the time. It's like I sweat it out. I sweat it out. Nothing comes out in your sweat. You're sweating as you, because your body's trying to bring the fever. You're breaking a fever, and you're trying to cool down. Hmm. Right when you when you fever goes up, you chill because your body's driving the temperature up. When you cool down, you sweat. 
Now, there are sweats that you can get that are part of a deep-seated infection or a cancer. They're called B symptoms that just, we don't really know why the body does that, but it does that. And it, and nothing's coming out. Mm. Nothing, you know, sweat. Uh, I went to the gym and I sweated out my it's virus. Like sweated out. Viruses, <laughs> viruses are inside your cells reproducing like mad until they stop. And that's it. In the meantime, they have a life cycle and that cycle goes. Then they're gone, and that's it. But Your immune sweat, system breaks them apart. Sweat, nothing comes out of the sweat. But it's an indication. Sodium chloride. But it's an indication that you might be through it. Yes, it indicates your fever's coming down at least. Right. I but, sweated out. I sweated out last yeah. night. But, in other but words. I think people hear that term and they literally oh, they, no. something's coming out of my, their body. No, nothing's coming out of here. Now there might be a little bit of this and that in sweat because it's it's sort of a it has a plasma uh, equivalency to it to some extent. But there's nothing much of anything. It's just nothing. It's not like you're forcing stuff out of your body. Because people will go, oh, I go into the sauna and sweat it out. No, you're not. That may, you may be driving your fever up. <laughs> what about chills? Chills is when your temperature's going up. So chills. sometimes, sometimes, if I take a hit of a joint mm. and I haven't eaten, usually I feel like I will. I, I'll start little, to. Little I get a little chill. shaky or chill. I you get. You know cold. what that is? You know what that is? I bet mm. you. Uh, that uh, cannabis, let me get this right. Yeah, cannabis drops your blood sugar rather dramatically sometimes. It, it's, insulin goes up, blood sugar goes down, and one of the signs of blood sugar dropping is shakiness. Hmm. I bet you it's the blood sugar. It's rather dramatic how cannabis does that. I mean, yeah. You get hungry too? Do you have? Yeah, you get hungry. Sure, you get hungry. Yeah, sure. that's I'm, the I'm, sugar. Yeah. But I down. definitely get cold and go. Am I? Am I having some sort of? Is this? Is this some neurological thing? That, nah, I bet it's the sugar. That's the early stages of something, or you may have that too. But anyway, yeah. You don't have it. Give me another voicemail. These are going well. <laughs> you guys are laughing so at what far, I could have so one far. day. I don't. <laughs> so far, so good. No, you don't have anything. You're good. Is this a roast? <laughs> I'd be freaking out if I thought you had something. Right. Hey, this is Zach. I'm calling in from Omaha. Just wanted to call because my wife and I are starting to do some family planning, and okay. I'm a regular THC user and okay. wanted to see if it affects having a child at all. If I continue, you know, using marijuana every day, is that going to affect anything related to the pregnancy? And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if I should uh, cut all that shit out of my system before okay. we start trying right. okay. to keep them high and tight. Yeah, but... So really, no, it's fine. Uh, there was a bit, a moment there where they thought cannabis in the dad might increase the risk of orthopedic sort of uh, anomalies, like an extra finger and that kind of thing. I, I think that was always bullshit. Um, it can lower your sperm count, and so if you have trouble getting pregnant, when you go to a fertility clinic, they're going to make you stop. Uh, but if you don't have trouble getting pregnant, it's a nothing. Is it fair to say it's kind of hard to fuck up a baby? Right? Like, people from every walk of life... It's hard and it's easy. It's weird. You know, I mean, it's the, 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 when the DNA is open and the cells are sort of differentiating, it's such a fantastically complex system. But at the same time, you can't really get at it. It's kind of a closed system. But if something does get at it, it has massive effects. Mm. So it's sort of a yes and a no. Yeah. I was so. always afraid of that as a kid. I thought I'd never, you know, I still haven't, but I was always afraid that I would, it was a, a deep-seated fear in me that I would have a child that wasn't mm. healthy, mm. that it would be a burden on me. I don't understand it. Huh. I remember my grandfather saying something like that about, gotta be careful, you know? And, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, you know, the things that we are exposed to in childhood are so fucking intense to us. Our brain is like, doesn't, 
it doesn't screen things out. It just takes them. And, and if they're intense enough, they become sort of traumatic and fixed. And these ideas just stay with us. Mm. We just worry about stuff that you know we shouldn't be worrying that mm -hmm, much about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the probability of you having, what is it, the only thing you have to worry about as you get older is there may be an increased risk of autism in older dads. Mm. That's one of the things that people kind of worry about now. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's true or not, and it's certainly not universal, uh, but we worry about that. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Everything else. So good. I can keep trying if I... Keep trying. Keep trying. Got somebody in mind? Yeah. Ooh, good for you. I can't wait. Would you need a fertility thing at all or... Well, Let's put it this way. If, if, you, if you go more than six... If you're trying and you go more than six months get somebody to look at things right because it's because there's so much they can do it's just so i'm not much. trying but one day i would like to. okay fair enough yeah uh i know we're doing so well with these voicemails let's do one more of those hi dr drew my name is johnny i'm a 30 year old male who recently decided to quit drinking after nine years yeah heavy drinking just yep. about every night nice. i've been having a lot of anxiety which yep. is to be expected but yep. what i didn't expect was a lot of extreme pain and muscle tightness mm. in my neck mm. and in between my shoulders mm -hmm. uh, i haven't been doing any strenuous activity i've had a little bit of trouble sleeping but not in any weird positions i tried getting a massage to see if i could work out some of the kinks but the pain only seemed to come back with a vengeance and mm. seems to be getting worse. This is affecting my range of motion and everything. Mm. Could this be brought on by my anxiety? And what can I do to get rid of this in the future? Okay. Thanks, Mommy. You bet, buddy. <laughs> what you're describing as anxiety is not anxiety. It's alcohol withdrawal. It mm. goes on for several weeks. It fucks your sleep up for several months. And when people, very commonly, when people get um, the first couple months of alcohol withdrawal, they get fibromyalgia from the severe sleep disturbance and that's what you have now <clears throat> physical exercise would normally be one of the solutions but you know if your muscles are tight you could also have a seizure in the first two weeks so if it's been two weeks or less or even three weeks or less talk to your doctor about whether you're ready for physical exercise or not yet but exercise is the treatment and then getting your sleep right get that sleep right things like melatonin don't take benzodiazepines anything like that but you know benadryl things that you can just kind of kind of get try to get that sleep adjusted because I've, I've seen people have disabling fibromyalgia in the first uh, few months of alcohol withdrawal. When I'm on the road, I, I'll have a, a drink or two at night. And I don't think it, you know, I'm not a big drinker, never was. But I find that when I'm traveling, for some reason, I haven't figured out what it is. I thought it was mattresses at first. So I, I guess it's called sciatica. I don't know. Like I'd have a terrible pain in my lower back. Mm. And it and it'd be pretty bad where I'd have to take breaks walking. Yeah. I was just like, "What's going on with me?" And then I'd get home to my own bed, wouldn't drink as much, a lot more exercise, and it would go away. Yes, it goes away with exercise. It goes away with walking too. It'll stick up with walking, but it'll resolve with walking. More, I think you know the beds are too soft or too hard, right? So you're sleeping in mm -hmm. different positions. Airplane. That's your biggest problem. Yeah. Because the, the airplane seats are just awful for our bag. It's not sciatica. It's actually, it's the soft tissue around your lumbar spine that starts breaking down and spasming. And, uh, yeah, it always gets better. It's good news. It always so gets it'll better. hurt walking, but you can kind of push should through push it. You push through it a little bit if you can. you got to get it work on your happening. core muscles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. So you don't yeah. think it's alcohol related? Nah, I mean, this is not helping things. It's screwing your sleep up more too, right? And the more you screw Probably. your sleep up. Probably. But I, I think I really want, because people complain about this all the time. And I just think if you're particularly when you're doing, you know, more than two hours in a plane, it's bad for your back. Mm. It's bad. You might get, you know, one of the things I do is I, you know, sometimes they'll give you a blanket and a pillow and stuff. I just pile that all up in the uh -huh. bag. So put that behind your low back. It might help. Mm -hmm. Particularly like right where your sacrum is. Lean forward. 
like from from here to here, right where my hand is. Put something there. So your okay. back should be like a tray table, upright in the it, lock it, position. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that so much as just supported, properly mm -hmm. supported. And, That's great and, advice. So, there you go. Okay, so I want to get to this uh, little classic, your mom's house, okay? So your mom's house, do you understand how this, what this world I need a, is built I need, on? I need a little bit of A little tutorial. primer? A primer. So this, how, help me describe it, guys. I, you, you've been here longer than I have, I think. And, uh, I have. Yeah, and I, I, it's built on videos that are sent to Tom and, Tom and Christina. I've, I've done this with them. Well, and they're yeah. sent in, and they're... Or, or they're things that Christina picks off of uh, TikTok or something. They're generally awful, <laughs> disturbing, disturbing. Uh, and they make fun of them. Mm. And I feel very, very uncomfortable about it. But I've been uh, destroyed by them. Mm. They've sort of destroyed my moral compass. Because <laughs> they're so gross or because no, 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 I mean Tom and Christina have destroyed my moral oh, 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 I don't yeah. mean the videos. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've caused me to look humorously at these things that normally just give me horror and make me feel bad. I do feel bad still and when I see these classics. Like the, the first classic, what do you want to, do you want to present yeah, these to well, us? Yeah, just because I see what, what I have in okay. front of me let, okay. me, let me run you through a couple. Okay, so, so and you can set them up well for Jeff, okay, yeah. so he understands what these <laughs> yeah. are. Sure, so this first one is uh, uh, some advice on how to be able to come in four strokes. And this, this is an old one. Right, and uh, this is uh, with the help of meth, and so this is a tutorial from a professional. I haven't seen this If you've had one. any kind of erectile disorder problems, I'm here to tell you, forget about Viagra, forget about salads, forget about dick and plants and all that stuff. So I don't know if you believe me or not, but if you like to see me smoke some meth with a small limp dick, it doesn't get hard any other way. And watch it get harder and harder. The more I smoke, the harder my dick gets. It's unbelievable. Your dickhead becomes so sensitive that you don't need lube, you don't need spit, you just stroke that dickhead this up and down four times just, just barely do it and you'll shoot an enormous amount of very thick thick hot white cum Jesus. oh my god wow. so, well, I keep my brother didn't believe me but when he smoked with me he put out his dick i couldn't believe how big his, his dick, dick was he jacked off in four strokes and shot the most cum it's like name that tune it's only i can come in three strokes problems at all but his dick well is make that dick come thicker and even more cum he believes me now uh, jane kismeric what's his name jane uh, jane krakowski, krakowski. Yeah. she's awesome Jesus. Uh, so this guy's been known forever as the four-stroke gang, four-stroke guy. Oh, okay. And uh, in, in my world, meth suppresses. Some people get hypersexual around sex, but I've not heard so much about erectile function with mm. meth. Most people complain of having difficulty with erection or difficulty having orgasm. Or showing up for work or maintaining yes, relationships well, it, or teeth or... That all goes. <laughs> that all goes. But just as it pertains to the penis here. Okay. So uh, this, was, this was news to me. Uh, and as Nodab pointed out, uh, no better source than a professional for this. Yeah, you don't sign off on this advice, Drew? No, I don't sign off on it. You notice Jeff doesn't seem to either. You know, by the way, mm. uh, the streets of Los Angeles, ubiquitous meth right now. Mm. And it's a certain kind of meth that's being manufactured in Mexico called like it's like P2P, I think it's called, something like that. And it's, it is awful. And mm. it makes people psychotic fast. Mm. And what happens over a few years of it, I don't know if we're going to see some, but there's a lot of meth addicts in our world here. Um, 
they kind of survive, but they all go to the streets. They all end up on the streets, and they are psychotic, and they're the ones that are kind of wildly going around, you know, you see with the machetes and stuff. That, that's all meth. Uh, and then they'll die all of a sudden. And we haven't seen meth deaths on the streets of Los Angeles yet, but we're going to. There's a lot of, lot of troubled, crazy, over the top. Well, my point is meth is one of the primary culprits, and if they don't help these people, the deaths are all of a sudden going to streak up. Just all of a sudden you see a bump. Like we have six a day already, six a day now. Wow. The, six a day on Los Angeles streets. Mm. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. When you're studying medicine, yeah. either as a young man or even now, do doctors ever t have to try what these things? Um, do you know what it's like to be high on meth? I do not. But I don't know what it's like to have cancer either or have my chest open up. That's for a great it. answer. You know what I mean? It's, you don't have to have had these things to have helped people with them. I understand. Me. Now, with addiction, getting because getting people out of addiction is such a... Wouldn't it be great to have a doctor to go, yeah, man, I get it. I totally get it, but listen. <laughs> well, we do. We, we do. We, we use recovering physicians, right? Oh. And so we, it's, you know, helping people motivate them to get through all that stuff. We will do that. It is one of the one times we sort of do that, but it's not exclusively that. Because mm. we need armies of people to help these people. We have to find other ways to help them. Mm -hmm. So, good times. Mm. What else you got there? All right, so now we're going to go down a fun lane of uh, guys yeah. who send videos to girls instead of texts. This is so good. And this is our classic uh, Joe uh, trying to reach out to Julia. You know, this has come up a bunch lately out in the world. People, are, hello, Julia. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, that's, that's, Julia. That's come up a lot for me, so I'm yeah. glad to see so him back. So here's the source material. Good morning, Julia. It's me, Joe. Just wanted to say hi. Wish you a great day. Tell you that meeting you yesterday and getting a look at you was probably one of the greatest moments of my life. You were so beautiful. You don't know how beautiful you are to me. Okay. I mean, just, you're gorgeous, you're precious. Mm. But it's been sitting in my mind when you said to me you want to go back with your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Please erase him from your memory. Don't ever go back in the past. I know, because I've been there. <clears throat> and I understand when, you know, you're trying to find somebody and you go on dates and nothing compares to your ex. But there is that better person out there me and julia i promise you it is me Oof. i will love you I like you've never been part. loved before wow i will cherish you i'll make you f feel like a woman a real woman he and should know he's got a vagina on his chin me, <laughs> you don't even know who your ex-boyfriend is can you imagine being a woman i mean attractive women have to deal with this shit all the time men losing their shit and probably you know you you wonder why women kind of are not necessarily cordial sometimes, you know. They, sure. Because they deal with shit like this all the time. It's and how I learned what it's like to be famous. You know, like, there were the, the, y y I knew women that were beautiful, and my friends, and I'd see how they'd have to, like, brush through a crowd or... or it's the same exact thing. Pretend the they didn't hear their name called walking yep. through a, somewhere, a it's mall. It's the exact same thing. They are, like, they are like Tom Cruise every time they walk <laughs> into a bar. Right. And then they have to act accordingly, which is, like, just get through. Get me through this. Make sure right. somebody doesn't pop me, somebody doesn't grab me. Right. Somebody doesn't keep me occupied the whole night. Or and roofie they, me. <laughs> right. Right. Or me. They have that hanging over them all the time sure. too. You know, people don't appreciate. Men have the possibility of physical aggression hanging over us all the sure. time. We know since late grammar school that we could get into a fight really easily right. with our peers, even people we love. We get into right. fights with them. Right. Women, they learn early that somebody could grab them, and they're worried about. It. Mm. And they see how men are, and it's like this is shit. 
It's like, ugh, it's awful. But yes, the the uh, attractive woman is a the exact same phenomenon as a as a celebrity. Mm. They keep their eyes down. So what <laughs> they, what what do you tell women? What how do they? They figure out that they. I tell them they're probably doing the right thing. It's just these guys aren't doing the right stuff. I mean, right. The, this is like, look, hey man, I, what I tell the guys is believe them at their word. Mm. When they say they're not interested or they're onto something else, just just not, just don't. Mm. People need to be let to be themselves. Do you recommend? Sorry, go ahead. Women learning martial arts and that sort of thing, or I think protect it's a great idea. weapons. Or yeah, I, pepper so, spray. Yes. I do. I mean, it depends where you live and stuff, but yeah, I think, yeah, not a bad idea. When I was a kid growing up, you know, I studied Taekwondo, became a teacher, the whole thing. No, I did not know that I'm about you. I'm a black you. belt in Taekwondo. That's good. It you doesn't feel... fit anymore, but I am a black belt. <laughs> but do you feel, do you feel, does it give you a certain amount of confidence? It does. Or, it yeah. always gave me confidence on a date growing up as a young man, but, you know, to talk smack for a living the way I do now, it gives me a certain confidence and swagger but what you know to the point of that video is there were a lot of you know i was a little kid but i remember beautiful women learning martial arts for this reason oh wow so it, well, it's interesting that you you learned it early most most people that have a public life don't realize it till they themselves are in the public eye and they start looking around and watching what's happening to them you and the hot chick, mm. it's the same thing. Mm. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, I feel bad for them, and they and they didn't seek it. It just happens to them. Mm -hmm. And most of them, I find, are are not. Um, they. It's like everything in life. Everybody wants to be something other than what they are. Every actor wants to be a rock star. Every rock star wants to be an actor. Every actor, every producer wants. Every manager wants to be a producer. What's you know, yours? Um, I'm pretty much doing what I want to do. I, that's why I noticed it. That's why I noticed it. I thought, um, what would I be? I, I'd love to do a little more, believe it or not, I'd love to do a little more singing, uh, but I'm sort of losing that now. My voice is going away. and uh, But otherwise, I'm doing what I want to do. And I, I, that's, it's lucky. I feel very lucky about that because most people do not. But I've noticed that most women that are super attractive want to have other parts of themselves that, they, that they've had to develop, like their intellect or their skill set or whatever. They want that acknowledged, mm. not, not just how they look because that's just... It goes without saying. Mm -hmm. You know, they they know it. They got mm -hmm. it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like that. yes, I'm glad you appreciate it, but I really want to be appreciated for something else. You can see how that would be the case, right? Especially when I, you know, when I in my live stand-up shows, I'll ask for volunteers from the crowd, as you know, and people will come up on stage, and inevitably, um, the only time I get smacked is when I take that pivot. Like, let's just say we're in Vegas. You know, somebody comes up high heels. You know, low cut dress is you know yeah. the whole dolled up Vegas thing, yeah. and boobs hanging out, and they want to be the center of attention. That's yes. why they volunteered to come up. Yes. So I'll ignore the boobs hanging out <laughs> and go. You know, you really you know, for a pretty girl like you, should get your nose fixed. <laughs> and that's when I get smacked when you go the other way. Or 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 if I find somebody who's very beautiful and confident in that. Uh, m maybe uh, not showing it off so much, I won't address that at all. And I'll say, what do you do? Yeah. You know, where do you go to school? That kind of stuff. You yeah. Know, who you, who you, you make, fun of, make fun of where they went to school or something. Just yeah. something yeah. That, that, that admires or highlights their intellect. Mm -hmm. And you, you can kind of size people up pretty quick what their vulnerabilities are and what they want to talk about, what will be fun for them to talk about. You did something I wanted to bring up that I just really loved, and it was part of the USO part of 
it felt to me like you were in that mode. Uh, and I, I talked to you about it once, and, and I really wanted you to do more of it. When you went into that prism, mm. I thought that was fantastic. Thanks, Drew. And, but you also said it was something you couldn't do a second time. <laughs> it's like a one-time thing because well, it was really intense, I guess. It's not that it was – well, it was intense. And you can – when you watch it, it's it's still up. It's on Paramount+. Plus. All the Comedy Central specials went to Paramount. Jeff Ross roast criminals. You can see me shaking in the footage. And it Especially wasn't, going in. It seemed like you were like, oh, shit. You kept going further and deeper and deeper into the bowels of this I was there thing. for a week, and it wasn't oh. far from here. You were um, there for a week? Uh, I was in Brazos County uh, Jail, a maximum security Why jail a, a couple week? hours from here. Because I wanted to immerse myself in, the, in, that, in that jail. Oh, shit. I wanted to, by the time I went and did the shows for the, for the incarcerated, I wanted to know them. I wanted to them to know me. I wanted there to be a certain amount of trust, you know, method roasting, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I asked for volunteers and eight people raised their hands, I already knew three of their names because I had walked the halls mm. and basically lived with them for the week, ate with them, played basketball. Um, same in the women's uh, uh, side of the jail. Um, it's funny. I just remember the male part vividly. I don't the, remember the women's part. The, the women's part is on YouTube, and, and and that was sort of a more improvised. Um, I didn't have security clearance to go into the women's jail. Uh, the show was really designed for the men's jail. But when I got there, the women inmates complained so feverishly to the guards, why is Jeff not allowed into our... Oh, wow. And, and it was more like, it was more a question of how many people can we fit in one room safely? Mm. And um, I did an impromptu show for the women, which uh, I very much uh, enjoyed because it was a good way to like sort of warm up uh, for the tapings. But also, um, it was a big morale boost. Uh, Wayne Dickey, who's uh, the sheriff there now, who was the jail administrator at the time, um, down in uh, in Brazos County, uh, he said that. It was the first time the women had been talked to as human beings in a long time, as mm-hmm. opposed to inmates. Right. And I did a lot of research with uh, with uh, prisoner right groups, human right groups, before I went in, and learned not to say criminal, prisoner. I'd say person locked up, uh. somebody who's incarcerated, humanizing uh. Uh, everyone. And I met a woman there who was in jail for stealing baby formula. You know, you meet, you know. Uh, and, and the reason I don't keep doing these shows, you said you can only do it once, wasn't because I'm afraid, although I am a little afraid because a lot of those guys are getting out now. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Uh, it was like Scratch Nazi. Scratch this segment. Definitely some white supremacists oh, and he, Nazis. And you, and you gave them shit. That's oh. what I like. You assholes with the swastikas on your face. Right. And they were laughing their ass off, though. They were. Yeah. Uh, some of it, you know, who knows. But uh, um, it's because... That was the only jail I could get to even say yes. Wow. There's huge security issues. There's obviously the optics of like, oh, mm. you're entertaining people that should don't deserve to be entertained. Uh, no, 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 but no. for me, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure you could speak to this, like yeah. it's great therapy. It's rehab to laugh at yourself. Something I said to them was if you can laugh at yourself, you're one step closer to freedom. Some humans are irretrievable, but a lot of them are get better even those guys with the nazis i i have treated and seen people with the white supremacy bullshit get better mm. 
and they are mortified <laughs> what they were wow. when they get well. Wow. Yeah. And they then they take it upon themselves to try to get more of them out and more of them better. That's hmm. immediately the direction they go. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was quite a moment for me, uh, and just one of those things where I look back at it now and go, "What the fuck?" Was I <laughs> oh like, 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 I literally go, "Where my murder is at?" And two guys in the front row raise their hands, and yeah. we had a security yeah. meeting, Drew. We, yeah. had, I, I met with the with yeah. the guards and my. It's crew. not where my mommy's at. It's where my murder is at. You get it, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know. The, the the most dangerous people in the jail had to be in the front. Um, so they can keep an eye on them? Yeah. It was closer to me. Yeah. Where the less dangerous people were in the back and in the balcony, where if they started up, you know. They felt like they had some fucked up dudes up there with their legs hanging over the balcony. <laughs> those, those did not look like regular guys. The sad thing is you put someone in an orange jumpsuit, even if they're just there for parking tickets, they yeah. look scared. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. people become criminalized once they go yeah. in. Yeah, That's And there were problem. people locked up uh, you know, f- for for possession of less marijuana than I had my, in my lungs at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That, that that's the case. It, it was it was general. Yeah. It was it was tough to understand yeah. some of it. But um, to their credit, uh, you know, they take their jailing very seriously in Texas, uh, and they were proud. Wayne Dickey was proud of his uh, facility and how it was run. And, and and let me come in and do my show. Do you remember that guy that Woody Harrelson was trying to get out of jail in California that filled his house with weed pot plants? And his name was Todd something. Hmm. And it was really, really bad. I mean, they put him away for like 20 years or something. Hmm. And, and and then they just stopped. And it seems like now would be the time to maybe bring that up again. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I used to risk my life to buy weed. And now you can, I can literally ask a cop where the pot Dep- store is depends in California. Depends where you are. Yeah, it depends where you are. Uh, not in Russia. Turns out. No? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, give me another. Let's, let's do more classics here. Come on, guys. We're just getting into it. Come on now. This is really fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this one uh, is called... Oh, you know what? Because we talked about Pen- uh, Benadryl earlier. Okay. So this is 10 to 12 Benadryl guy oh, yeah. with more medical advice. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, yeah, this guy. Before you have sex... If you want to be horny for two or three hours like you've never been in your life, and you have access to marijuana too, good weed, listen to me. <laughs> True weed alone can get you really hornier than normal, but Benadryl, take about 10, 12 Benadryl before you want to have your sexual no, fun with your partner or whatever you don't. do, or masturbate, all right? No, oh God, is that nitrous he's doing? Uh, what I do could we only think? imagine. Maybe it's helium. No, no, no. Uh, about an more. hour later when you feel it just kicking in, smoke your kicking weed down. And then go ahead and get horny. And I promise you it'll be millions of times more. You'll be so blissfully horny that you will not want to come. Trust me. You notice that There you're... is going to be restlessness if you take it really late at night. That's and right. And you... you and I mean, you want to I've, just go to bed? I've never seen this part. He's right. You get agitated Don't from that do much that. Benadryl. It does, because Benadryl will make you have restless legs uh, all and kinds restlessness. Of stuff. Yes. You'll, you'll wake up and you'll you'll. it's not very pleasing. That's right. You get a, actually a, oh, man, you get something called an anticholinergic delirium if you take too much of it. But um, you notice how we don't have any women as the, you know, preoccupying about shit like this? Mm. This is a male thing. Mm. Why? Mm. <sighs> 
It's just the motivational systems. They're different. Males are, you know, worrying about their penis all the time. Give you case <laughs> case two here. Give me another one. Where's RPC? Is he around in the classic pile you have? Oh yeah. Let me show you the okay. uh, the original RPC. This was video. this was the original video that I got a, a exposed to, and Tom just goes, eh, "Anything wrong with this guy?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad for him." Is he, is he kidding? Is this serious? Is he really? I and see I actually it. went to New York and visited this guy. What? I did. I went. He lived in the the. Uh, you know, the developments, the housing up on uh, sort of uh, Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. 2395 Wagner Houses. Yeah, oh, it was up around okay. the hundreds in right. the East Side. And, uh, up above Gracie Mansion. Yeah, yeah. and he was uh, living in interesting circumstances, but uh, a lovely man. A lovely man. I still communicate with him regularly now. So and, do we. Yep. Uh, for uh, four years going, and uh, yeah, it's quite a roller coaster, but th- here's the video that started it all. Black guys who love to fuck and fuck good. If you're a hot black guy and you want to fuck me at twenty three ninety five, if you want to move in, you can move in, but you gotta fuck me. I need I need to be fucked a lot, man. Get rid free food, free rent, and everything else, man. Here's a deal, man. Men from jail, homeless, or um, you're a thug, you wanna come move in? Your friend can move in with you too, man. Free rent, you get a lease and a key. Fuck me. Piss on me, beat me, I'm home man now. You see me, you want to come over today and try it out, try it out, man. So in my building, try it out. You want to fucking piss on me, try it out. Seriously, probably only as fuck, man. I'm looking for hardcore guys that mean it, want to do it, and I want to deliver it. I'm a hot, white trash. Wow. Come dump, let's fuck. Okay, so wow, that's not who he is in real life, turns out. Wow. Um, though, He's got my mustache. I wonder if, I, <laughs> if I'm going to play him in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the RPC, the movie, yes. He, um, uh, he, um, he does like men, and he does like sort of mm, aggressive men. Uh, but the, he says he was just pretending, and he was just playing when he was doing this, and mm-hmm. it just sort of turns him on to do it. And he has, he has, is that is he wearing something on his head? I can't tell if that's like a ribbon bow on his head or just right behind. Yeah, him. he has hats and all kinds of shit and costumes wow. and things. His house is. Um, why did you visit him? We were intrigued by him. Oh. I wanted to see what was really good. I, 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 when I see these people, I want to go meet them. That's my weird instinct I have. Like, very. Like, what's yeah, very weird? <laughs> they, they let me know it's weird, but I, but it's some, not all of them. Some of them, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I have no time for. But some of them, are like, okay, I need to understand what's going on here. Wow. What is going good for on? For you. And, and I knew something more was going on with uh, RPC. And uh, who? Somebody went before me, right? Oh yeah, Josh. Uh, Josh Potter. Josh Potter went, and I was like, "Oh, now I'm really interested because it's not at all what we think it is. It's something else." Hmm. And it turned out to be very interesting. He, he uh, used to do drag shows in Coney Island. His uh, mom used to read him pornography when he was a little boy. Wow. Yeah, for reasons that are unclear. Wow. Um, and he claims to have all kinds of celebrity friends, but uh, we've never been able to substantiate any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that list. Well, I know that Tom Selleck is on him. Tom Selleck figures prominently in most of his lists of celebrities. Really? Things. That explains the mustache. Yeah, I think maybe. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Oh, another mustache. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Maybe. I'm going to get on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're working your way there. There's a you, new sheriff in town. All right. You wanted to show us something else before that. Um, let me. Oh, oh, yeah. I need to talk to you about my mustache before we finish. It, in, on, the t- on, the, uh, on this? Yeah. I, I was going to ask you about it. If, if I need to talk to you about it. All right, we'll do it on mic. It's a medical miracle. It is a medical miracle. First thing I noticed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. 
What do you got? Oh, okay. I thought you were guessing. Well, we have to hold, have the whole conversation then. Is that okay on Mike? I'm that, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have a while you didn't want to talk about it. I know. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So this next uh, one is uh, guys that are just kind of broadcasting their uh, uh, like need for pussy. I think Christina would normally call this horny Thursdays or horny oh, yeah. Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think this was slightly before TikTok took over. Right. Correct. Um, so this is just a lane of what we call cool guys. Hi, I'll make this brief. <laughs> My name is John Lyu Shipman. I'm looking for girls. For Hello, pussy. Newman. <laughs> I love you, pussy. And, I, again, this if you're is... in the fat guys, you're looking for some action, you live in Missouri, please call me. I feel so bad for men. At 157. They're, they're, so, they're or so desperate. Text me. Right? There's some yeah, like, one, six, three. I need somebody I need to help. And I mean, women are dealing with that. Nobody ever, and I, nobody rewards desperation. No. I, I just never. They, charity, they'll give you charity, but they're not going to really no. engage. No. Is there another cool guy? Yeah, this is, uh, I think this is probably one of my favorite cool guys. Oh, wow. This is uh, interesting. Um, a special day. Yeah, just sharing his opinion on women. Okay. What's up on my Instagram, Edheads? I'm on a roll today because women are fucking stupid. Okay, they're fucking stupid. Okay, I don't understand why it's so difficult for good guys to meet a fucking sane woman. I don't understand why every woman's a fucking stupid idiot. Hmm. I don't understand it. I just don't. You understand we are in the situation we are in because woman ate the apple. It is woman's <laughs> right. fucking fault. Okay. Give me back my fucking rib and go back to where the fuck you came from. Wow. Oh, yeah. You think he'd meet a lot of women with all that Geico money he made? <laughs> <laughs> women are stupid. He's, and he's a nice guy, like you said. Just what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, the uh, Dunning Kruger phenomenon is alive and well in the cool guy world, <laughs> which is uh, lack of self awareness, essentially. Mm. Mm, so, well, let's have, a, let's have a mustache talk. This is my, it just happened. Yes. And it's like, it's like, uh, my eyebrows went from my top, from here down to here. Well, you have some eyebrow coming back too, though. A little bit, but I'm going to start a medication soon. What that'll, do you do? That'll, um, yeah, I have alopecia. Yeah, his alopecia totalis, it's called. Right. Yeah. Um, and I do have some body hair. Yeah. And when I was, years ago, when I was really trying to understand what was, I was misdiagnosed when doctors told me I had lupus and started Jesus putting Christ. me on steroids and oh stuff like gosh. that and uh, another dermatologist eventually figured out that i had alopecia that another derma and, and it was incurable and and, and so on and, uh, and in a hail mary desperate attempt i called drew um who i didn't know well uh who i knew but didn't know well but said maybe uh, may, maybe you would be able to send me in a hopeful direction I was, I had just read this great, like a day before this article, I went, shit, we have a great treatment for right. this now. And you call, I said, you're never going to believe this. I know exactly where to send you. You sent, you set me up at Yale Medical with yeah. uh, Dr. Brett King, who's yeah. now become a legend in the alopecia he, world. He absolutely, he was on, he was on the threshold of, uh, of this thing being solved, frankly. Right. And he was solving it with, um, JK inhibitors. Um, Zeljans, yeah. which is for arthritis. Correct. And, and it was fucking working. 
and and I called you and I said, you know, there's some side effects that lowers your yeah. immune system, yeah. and I, you know, I had to take some blood tests, and you know, you were basically backing up Dr. King's assessment that it might help me. He was helping a lot of kids who mm -hmm. had alopecia, and it, it, you know, it's traumatic. You know, it's hard for a kid, a man, a woman. You know, Jada Pinkett, anybody, I don't know, care how beautiful you are, if all, if, if all your hair falls out in a matter of weeks, yeah, it's weird. you think you're dying. Yeah, yeah. And in a weird way, you hope you're dying because yeah. it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Suddenly, I'm a famous guy who no one recognizes. Right. I lost all my swag. I didn't even know who I was. I was hiding it. I was lying about it. I was ducking it, covering it, trying to figure out what was happening to me. Um, and... I went on this Zeljans and and over about after about eight months, I got some semblance not on the hair on my head so much, but some facial hair came back mm -hmm. and and it was a big relief learning to you know live with a new look, which, which was not easy but doable. Mm. And I got to know Dr. King better and better, and he's been helping a lot of people and. I still never talked about it. It was still sort of this thing, well, I'm a guy, you know, everybody just thinks I shaved my head. It happened to be right before I went into the jail. Mm. So I kind of, you know, I kind of used that. Yeah, yeah. Um, to say, well, you know, I don't want to look like a, they're, 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 Jewish attorney, I want to look like you know more relatable to these to the to, to the people in jail. So I shaved my head to look a little tougher. Yeah, which was bullshit. Yeah, and. I did it because, you know, it was going to fall out in a matter of days anyway. Mm. And, you know, shower dream just filling up. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys will have male pattern baldness, but that would take no, years to lose is, your this hair. This is a I went from a fro to a no in... Two weeks. Right. I mean, it's happens it fast. Really fast. And, and it would be one thing if it was just your head to it. Everything starts going. And your eyelashes sometimes. Did you save your eyelashes? And then, and, then, and then I started to notice that one day on a plane, I looked at my legs and I never had... It was hairy anyway, but you know the hair around my groin for some reason stays, mm -hmm. but my eyelashes eventually fell out and my and my eyebrows, so now sweat and the you know it was Eye, eyes can get dry they get burning and the yeah. heat and yeah. and and it was becoming like this this thing that I had to think about all the time and mm -hmm. and had to you know navigate my career into more personal stand-up and away from acting like i just wasn't looking like me anymore mm -hmm. so it was a lot to think about um and i wondered if people knew about it would they still think i was funny you know like you go well if someone if someone thinks you're sick they they have sympathy for you but they might not think you're funny mm. it kind of would undercut what i was making fun of people, busting balls, t telling jokes. You know, everything was on my mind. Everything was sort of up for grabs in my head, like this might be, this might be the end of what I'm doing as a comic. And, you know, I worked through it over time, with the doctor's help and, 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 and sort of telling friends and this and that, but I never really went public until the Oscars. And I was so mad that that woman couldn't laugh at it and i said oh well who am i to talk i'm not laughing at it i'm i'm ducking it too i was so mad that that she wouldn't laugh at a joke and here she is this beautiful 
movie star, TV star, Jada Pinkett Smith, just rolling her eyes and sort of, you know, sort of shutting down a joke about it. And that upset me. It was like, wow, man, if she had laughed at that silly joke, then that would have normalized the condition mm -hmm. for hundreds of thousands of people. Dr. King had told me about a young girl in, I think it was Indiana now, who was 10 or something and, and, and was wearing a wig to school, got bullied. The kids took her wig off. Mm. She killed herself. Yeah. Now, I, I looked it up and it's true. And, and obviously, we all have our own journey. And when I heard all that, that night of the Oscars, through a haze of fury about my hero, Chris Rock, getting slapped over a roast joke, all because he got side-eye from the missus. And I posted about it, just saying, just a couple sentences, saying, I have alopecia, I wish she had just laughed at it, it would have made a lot of people feel a lot better. Um, so I basically outed myself without any vetting in the middle of the night out of sheer emotional urgency. And, you know, obviously the joke's on Jada now because I'm starring in G.I. Jane 2. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. No, this it worked out great. Works out fine. <laughs> so so I, do, I do owe dr drew you know for the people listening the dr drew fans they should know how grateful i am and i appreciate well, you it was nothing i was so breathtaking that, that you know was, i literally was like oh my god i know exactly where to send you thank god you called me it's i like, got you on the yeah. right day and the yeah. right article yeah. and and you know it's one of those things where people don't have a lot of sympathy for it so you know especially as an adult man you know uh, all right, well, you lost your hair, but when you, your eyebrows and your eyelashes start it's, to go, it's the thing. And, and it's, it's really hard to be funny and, when you don't know. You lose your ability to give expressions. And uh, by the way, I thought though, I don't know. You wear a lot of hats and stuff. I think you pull that off great. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it sort of you're you're just figuring it out. You're figuring. Have you do you watch Barry, the TV show Barry? I haven't. Show me uh, Chechnyan, uh, uh, Chechnyan on Barry, Chechnyan. Uh, criminal you know create you know, like a organized crime there he is uh, right. this guy yeah yeah he's fantastic he's yeah, a star I've of the met this guy yeah he's a star of the fucking show he's, yeah. he's like killing it and his look is his look you know what i mean it's just yeah. is what it is and it does, it's not like oh weird or whatever it, at first as, as it's sort of it's striking in the sense that huh wow what's up with this and then it's just him mm -hmm. you know and uh, I, I feel like he's doing a lot for this too, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I wonder if he was always like this, because a lot of a lot of a lot of the alopecia, and I made up my own word, alopecians. Yeah, that's nice. I like um, that. I was at I was in um, Yellow. Jonathan Swift wishes he had brought that up. And, and I was in Yellow Springs, Ohio, at Dave Chappelle's farm. And he does shows under the gazebo out in this cornfield. And this had all just sort of happened. And I started talking about it the way I'm talking about it to you. A couple of, you know, jokes about myself, self-deprecating. And, and uh, I said, are any other alopecians here? And I never said that out loud before. Mm. And it, it, it was, the sun was just setting in the cornfield so I could see the audience. 
and a lady right in the front, 10 feet away from me, throws her hand up and screams. And I look at her, I go, oh, that's really? And I look at her a little closely and she's young and beautiful and fit and, you know, long hair and sunglasses. And I, oh, okay. And I thought maybe she's teasing me. She stands up, she pulls her sunglasses off, she pulls her wig off mm. and waves it around in the air. And the place fucking goes crazy. Yeah. And uh, I go, can I try that on? <laughs> and I walk down off the stage, down into the crowd, and I don't try it on because I don't want to make a joke out of this moment that we're both having. Yeah. It was like a coming out for both of us. Yeah. And I put my arm around her and I made a couple jokes about me and her and the whole thing. And uh, I felt like something lifted. And of course I go backstage and I'm thinking, oh, all the other comics are going to be like, wow, that was incredible. I walk in, you know, and Donnell Rawlings is, is smoking a joint in the corner, <laughs> looking at his phone and Ch Dave Chappelle's laying, you know, my friend 30, he's laying on the couch with his eyes closed. I go, none of you guys saw that. What? Are you kidding me? And Dave, in his best way, opens one eye, looks at me and goes, you freed her, man. And... People don't know, Jeff really, Dave will tell you, was instrumental in Dave Chappelle's career. He was I don't know about to, all that. Oh, he, he told me about it. And, 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 and what Dave had seen it, and I do feel like in some sense there was a catharsis happening where this, it, you know, I'll do whatever I can to release the stigma of especially young people. Yeah, you're doing it right now, right this second. And are you are you on the Zeljans now? Are you taking I, So I did when I my eyebrows came back a few years ago. It's it was very hard to get the prescriptions. What? Yeah. So you're getting it covered or Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fortune. And even to just buy them, yeah. I would have to get them from different countries and my doctor what? would help me. It was complicated. Because uh, it wasn't necessarily FDA approved or whatever, or it was still experimental. So you'd have to get on the research. Forgive me if I'm yeah. not saying any of this right, Doctor yeah, King, if you're it. listening. But like, it was difficult to get, get to get, get the, the meds okay. um, for my condition um, with my insurance or whatever. It was yeah, yeah. Very expensive. Very. And when I first started, you know, this five six years ago, when we first talked about it, it was it was prohibitively expensive. Um, so it starts to come down to. Do you want to pay all that money and lower your immune system for eyebrows? Yeah, yeah. And Dr. King explained to me saying, well, you know, this is a mental health thing. If you don't feel like yourself and you can't raise your eyebrow on a punchline and you can't, you know, quite work your face as a comic the way you want to and so on. And uh, I went on the drug and after you know, close to a year, I started to have some facial hair, some eyebrows back. And I was like, okay. And I guess I happened to run out of the prescription. COVID hit. I was like, you know what? I got my eyebrows. Let's see if I can go off this Zeljans and mm -hmm. still keep them. Mm -hmm. And I kept them for a year or two. I, I, and I don't know if it's stress-related or what, personal stuff. And I lost a couple of good buddies uh, in the last six months. And my eyebrows fell out again. Jeez. But miraculously, I suddenly, out of nowhere, grew a mustache. <laughs> I don't know. It's a medical miracle. I don't know what it is. My doctor looks at it, and he, you know, 
he gave me the same expression that my German shepherd gives me when I make a, <laughs> when I howl, like he's head cocked. I'm like, wow. He's just like, wow. Well, there's always RPC the movie. What's that? The, the, the movie we're going to put you in charge over the guy with the mustache. You're going to be starring in that movie now. RPC the movie. I told you, G.I. Jane 2. I told and you. And G.I. Jane 2, both uh, movies. I'm double, I got a double feature working. So um, oh the body is a very, very strange thing. You have to be patient with it. Um, and thanks to you know the research that Dr. King's doing, and thank you, Dr. Drew, for sending me in the right direction. And hopefully I can send some people uh, in a... In a, on a path to finding a cure, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. It's, you know, it seems like it, there's no cure, but there's a remedy. There's a treatment. And, and, a treatment. and, and, and very recently, Dr. King, you know, was in the New York Times. He got written up because he found another drug, which I'll probably start very soon, mm -hmm. that uh, has been effective. And similar zone, similar kinds of drugs. He's right, using, yeah. right. And he's found something that I guess my insurance will approve. They're, they're very safe. They are. I, I understand what you're worried about, and it's not zero risk. There's a lymphoma risk. There's a tuberculosis risk. There's things like that. But but it's really low. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are on these medicines, hmm. and each are kind of a little different in terms of their relative risk. But they, they a lot. You know, people take it for Crohn's. They take it for arthritis. Take it for all kinds of things. Hmm. So. You should be, if you don't be scared if you go on these things. Well, that's yeah. reassuring. Thank yeah. you. And those people have to stay on them forever. I mean, I don't know how long you're going to stay on them or not, but you know, they they are definitely staying on them long term. Right. So well, you know, I mean, it's important to to stay healthy, but I also want to look like me. But I, I, and the thing that frustrates my doctor is a lot of a lot of other dermatologists will preach, channel your inner, you know, telling kids. Just learn to live with yourself and embrace who you are. And when you're like 10, 12, 15, or imagine being a, 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 a teenage, a teenager, a or, woman. A teenage woman, yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot. Crippling. Yes. It's crushing. Yes. So he gets angry at, at people who say, oh, just. Because it's minimizing don't. it. It's minimizing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a profound thing. And, and thank God we live in a time when people can have short hair or be bald and it's, cool it's fine right i mean this is more than just bald right i mean this is no more. i'm okay looking like if amazon sold a jeff bezos blow up doll <laughs> look at all these opportunities look at this i all know these things. I know. <laughs> give me one more video before we wrap this thing up come on now one more come on now. come on now um okay here's uh let's see we got these uh, are the classics i won't get to see these again for another yeah, four right. years here's the sissy from fremont mm. oh the uh, hey hitler Hi. oh give me give me the hey hitler if you give me that so we can show you know, the, for a white lady this. okay that's tattooed and dominant and be willing to put me in a dress and beat the shit out of me call me i'm the sissy of fremont street i get i get in fremont Sissy Gemini. Again, you stupid white bitch. That's what I'm looking for is a stupid tattooed white bitch that had put me in a dress and beat the shit out of me. Call me. See, I get sad when I see these. It's like, oh I'm my white, God. You white slut. I just get sad. Why? Because I just feel like that's somebody who's desperate and suffering and not happy. Just, you like it? It's good I mean, comedy. It's not my thing. And, you know, if why is it sad if that person... Oh, I don't care. Not what she's, he's into. It's the, um, 
uh, whatever. It's just it's just seems they're like honest. A, yeah, yeah. No, no. I don't mind the I, the 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 manifestation. I don't doesn't make me feel sad. I don't care what they're doing. It's just that go do it. Don't you know beg for it online. I, I don't I know. See. It's like, I see. It's just feel desperate and sad. That's all. But maybe you're right. Maybe I should switch my attitude about. I this don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't catch right. sad in there. I felt like that person probably knows more about themselves than most people and is right. putting it out there. And where else but the internet are you going to find somebody to beat the shit out of you? A partner. Oh, beat the shit out of you. But he's being his, his best self. And Fremont Street is some very very nice apartments. Probably probably <laughs> person probably doing well. That's <laughs> All right. And by the way, the Sissy of Fremont Street sounds like a great name for a miniseries or a yeah, movie. I, that's I think true. there's some potential uh, there. Yeah. This, yeah. I don't know. I'm a silver lining kind of guy, Doc. I'm with you. I try to be. I try to be. But I but I I I react, so I think so. I, I don't know. But good. I'm you're adjusting my attitude. It's good. good. All right, everybody. Dr. F. Dark, gmail.com. Voice messages at 818-253-1693. My friend, good to see you. I'm so glad you spent some time with me here. It's really uh, fun, Doc. Yeah, we have to be in Austin at the same time, and thank you for setting this up. It worked out great. Yeah. Yeah, great to see you. My best to the family. Great. Do you want to promote anything anywhere? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm on tour. Yeah, you're going to be all weekend this weekend. I'm I'm, I'm here. I know. I understand. But uh, roastmastergeneral.com, I put a bunch of tour dates on. This is the best time to see me i'm my i never i'm never a big like self-promoter but my act right now is killing it nice it's like vaccine for your brain and i love being a comedian more than i ever have in my entire 30 something years i just totally dig in being on the road great congratulations thanks all right buddy. we'll see you next time all conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.